You're listening to Think Big, episode 26. Hello, big thinkers, and welcome to episode 26 of Think Big, English for Architects. I'm your host, Tara Cull, Australian language teacher and coach and landscape architect, and I'm bringing all these three things together to help you build more outstanding communication skills. If English is your second or your third or your fourth language, and you're an architect, a landscape architect, interior designer, or a student, or you work in the built environment, then you are definitely in the right place. To find out more about my coaching programs, you can go to archieenglish.com. And as always, you'll find the transcript with key vocabulary and expressions from today's episode at archieenglish.com slash podcast. In today's episode, I'm speaking to the first student that I've had on the podcast. Her name is Lena Alhaj, and she's an architecture student at the University of Khartoum in Sudan. She wants to be a registered architect, a registered Reba architect in the UK in the future. So I was interested in interviewing her seeing what her aspirations were for the future and what she is currently doing and currently studying. If you're an architecture student living outside of an English-speaking country and you aspire to live and work in a place like the UK or America or Australia or Canada, then you might find this episode inspirational. The other thing that I love about Lena being on the podcast is that even though English is her second language, She really put herself out there to be interviewed. And something that I've noticed lately is that, for example, Lena is active on LinkedIn. She shares her experiences and her stories. She's really keen, keen learner. And I think that really is a good thing for her to show to potential future employers. I start asking Lena the very first thing that I really wanted to know from all architecture students. How have they found the last few years of having to work online? So let's get into the conversation and find out more about Lena and her story and her aspirations. So Lena, I'm quite curious to ask you this question. Normally, I will start a podcast by asking someone a fun fact to share about them, but just thinking about the last few years and how COVID has had a big impact on a number of us. I'm wondering what has it been like for you as a student studying online? I loved it. I have a lot of points in in this matter. Uh, So first of all, it just saved a lot of time. I mean, I I, I just woke up a lot of times with just the start of class. And also, we didn't have like the time we spend on trips to school and back from school. Uh, I just got a lot of work done that semester. Yeah, it. Yeah, so it was actually an advantage. It was. I, I believe so. But we had a lot of debates, me and my classmates, about this. Some people hated online. Uh, they wasn't really comfortable with it. They had a lot of trouble working it out and. I know that it was a challenge due to we had uh, some electricity 
blackouts we had um the internet connection would be bad sometimes and uh, but we kind of worked it through and yeah it was yeah. But, but i loved it okay well so i'm really excited to have you on the podcast firstly i think it's really interesting for me to be able to speak to a student who is living in sudan so yeah. i'm excited about doing that and also you're the first student that i've had on the podcast so we're going to talk a lot about being a student. We're going to talk about what are your future aspirations. But before we do that, Lena, I'd love to know what's an interesting fact about you that has nothing to do with architecture. And the reason I ask this question is because I think we're all diverse people. We all have different interests. So what would you say is a fun fact about you? Well, I draw. And it's not related to architecture. I know it was one skill that... It made me consider architecture more and more, but I drove for, I I did for fun, and I I might not call myself an artist, but I am a part of an art group. Uh, we did galleries, and we do workshops. Yeah, it's just for members and stuff to, like to encourage each other and, um, share our experiences and, it it it's really fun. They motivate me to draw, and they will critique the drawings uh, anyone do. So I really like drawing. It it was something that I had since I was a little child. And is there a particular style that you you enjoy drawing, or a particular art style that you enjoy? I love realistic drawings, and I use uh, pencils. Color pencils. Graphite pencils. No, pencil, black and white, like graphite pencils, mainly. Ah. I did, I, sometimes I would use colors, but my main thing is black and white. Sounds good. And do you have like an Instagram account or a profile that you can, that you share with people showing your, well, your artwork? I don't, uh, no, I don't have that because I just, I'm just doing it for fun. And I haven't really done that thing. I think if I'm going to take my art to the next level, I'll be considering that definitely. Mm -hmm. But for now, it's just a me thing. So it's something that you kind of keep to yourself. Yes, it's it's my hobby. So okay. And do you feel like your your hobby of drawing you you bring some of those skills into your architecture degree? definitely i even my style i can tell in my drawings are like black and white more than colors i i found it really easy to create um plans and sections they're like well drafted and have great tones even digital digitally and even when we had like classes and projects that we, we drawn by our hands uh my tones were good uh, not mm. to brag in it or anything, but we're really good, <laughs> and yeah, they they got good on good marks, and so you can you can say that it had that impact that on me that I think my style is going with that. I never like put colors in my plans and sections. When it only and only comes to like elevations and renders and stuff, then I would 
put color and I kind of struggling with it. <laughs> so moment. you prefer the graphite? <laughs> yeah, I prefer the graphite, the black and white. So I guess we're here because we want to talk about the fact that you're a student, you also speak Arabic. So you live in Sudan, you speak Arabic. Uh, yes. And so obviously a big part of your learning as well is starting to learn English. So I guess my first question for you is why and how did you start learning English? Okay, so it started out in school like most people would. Uh, we study English alongside Arabic, but our study, the way that we studied, we're we're taught English in school is more about writing and reading, which is it goes along with you for basically up to high school. And you know, you taught grammar, comprehension, how to write essays and stuff like that. But it's not really about listening and and talking. So and so I believe that was a challenge covering that area. Plus, up to high school, I believe the level of English that we were dealing with wasn't like so complicated. But then when you go to university and then you get subjects other than just the English language taught to you in English, that's going to be a challenge that uh, you will be translating a lot of words and working on learning these new terminologies and topics in English. Uh, so I believe that this what helped me really elevate uh, my English skills. And also at this uh, quite that, that time, I started like watching a lot of series and movies in English in order to kind of shift. Because that's the first advice that anyone would give you at here in my country about learning English. They would tell you, oh, go watch a lot of movies, go watch a lot of uh, series, just with no translation. And now mm. I can, and that's good because now I can basically uh, watch any movie with no translations and I'll still comprehend what's going on. And probably you know every word, probably. And mm. so that that was the area that needed to work that was needed to work on, uh, and so but for speaking it was really hard. It's it's not really that easy to find a place or an environment to do that because in everyday life we speak Arabic, we don't really speak English, uh, so that was a challenge. And how did you overcome that challenge? How did you practice your speaking? So I believe that it's all coming from me listening to a lot of stuff in English, you know. Um, so first, when I have a situation such as this one or like creating myself or putting myself in situations where I will need to speak in English. So that's the main part of it. Plus, um, it's actually um, there. there is a the phenomenal where when you have two languages like uh, let's say for in my case Arabic and English in your head and so in your daily life you will be like using Arabic and English alongside each other in sentences so you will be like going in Arabic then there will an English word will pop out 
Then we'll continue your sentence in Arabic or maybe the other way around. Yeah, so you get them mixed up sometimes. Yes, a lot of yeah. times. Yeah. Mm. And is your is your degree that you're studying, your architecture degree, is it in Arabic or is it in English or both? So it's in it's in both. I'm in, in the teaching it depends on the subject really. So some subjects will be in English and some subjects will be in Arabic. Even the and even the subjects taught in English, um, when our professors and teachers will be explaining to us, they'll be explaining in this. It's like partially in English and then in Arabic. It's not like directly like the whole course will be in English, even like the speaking. Mm. Uh, but definitely, this, this there's a rule in my uni that even if the subject are taught in English or in Arabic, you have uh, you're free to answer your exams in either languages. So, okay, and that's that's pretty important to be able to express yourself, I guess, isn't it? In in whichever yes, language but, you feel comfortable with. Yes, but you but some some teachers they're like, okay, you can use both in your exam, but it's all it's mostly about you choosing some language, say like when of, of the two. And then sticking with it throughout your answers, so, yeah, so you you'll need to, to to decide. Yeah, it's you. You'll probably decide if you're going to take this in Arabic or translate your in it to English or do whatever you need to do upfront so you can study well before your exams. Mm. And so, what do you tend to choose when you're doing writing your answers or responding to your questions? Do you choose Arabic or English? Well, I. What I do is if the materials that we we got was in Arabic, then I will do it in Arabic. If the majority of the materials were in English, then I'll do it in English. It really depends on the content available on the subject. But uh, the thing is, uh, this may seem like, okay, so half of your um, subjects are in Arabic and half of them are in English. Actually, no. Uh, the amount of subjects that are taught or at least I took in Arabic is tremendously decreasing. I mean, I just thought about it. And so the semester before the last one, when I took the, my, or my examinations and then it finished, I had seven subjects and six of them. I completed them in English. So yeah, it was only one. What keeps you motivated as somebody who's studying in a non-English speaking country to learn English? Okay, so in the matter of learning English, uh, I because I want to work in an English speaking country when I graduate, Chala. So I need to work in that area, perfect it as much as possible and just get comfortable and do you find i guess um before i ask you about how you got into architecture as well do you find there is a big difference between learning english in a general sense compared to learning english for architecture so to be able to express your ideas in architecture well for sure i mean that's a very 
when when it's about learning architecture, I believe it's a very academic um area, and so it's like the difference between academic English and English of everyday life. So that's really sophisticated. Um, I mean, we will be dealing with references and terminologies, so it's really different. I mean, you'll you'll need to be a or to maybe speak and write in a certain way when it comes to that matter. Mm. So yeah, that's and it's the often, difference. Yeah, and as my like as as I am a lecturer in a university, so I lecture in a university in Thailand, and the subjects very similar to you. The subjects are taught in English, but some of their subjects are uh, in Thai as well. But often what we're finding is we're having to help them with the vocabulary, say, for example, how do you describe a plan or how do you describe a site analysis or how do you describe your your design? And trying to teach them that vocabulary is about not just about translating but about the, the ways that we express express it as well and that's really different that can be really different to what you have learned in the past about different grammar rules or different rules and then sometimes those those certain rules might come through like for example when do you use articles or when do you use conditionals and so we have to kind of go over those things and how they relate to architecture so how did you get into architecture in the first place? What interested you in studying architecture? And so, okay, um, since, since the first year of high school, you can say that I knew that I'll be studying something related to architecture. Not, I, it wasn't like necessary architecture as a discipline or a major, but then uh, when I went, to the second year, we use, we actually in our third year we choose our majors, so I had to choose a major, uh, and by a major I mean, um, if you want us to be like anything related to engineering, there is a certain subject that you will need to be taking. So I had to take that decision. So, uh, what I knew that I didn't want to go any further with biology, and so I considered engineering. So then. From there, I took um, then I took these classes, and by the end of the year, I when I um you can say when I evaluated all the skills and all of my qualifications, I, and plus my interests, I can tell that okay, architecture will be good for me, and it was basically a logical decision, and turned out to be fine so far. Yeah, so I was going to say, is are you enjoying the degree so far? You're glad you chose to do architecture? It is. And part of, of that, I believe, is that um, we never get to do the same thing twice in architecture. Even if it's the same, I mean, if you're designing a house and then you're going to design another house, it's not the same. It's certainly different. And that's a very part of why i'm actually now loving it yeah and are there many people that study architecture where you where you live and and at your university is it common i can say it is common uh because 
the number of students in my faculty it can be on the high side i believe on the upper okay. side and yeah so it's common okay so what so you're studying architecture and you've been studying for three years you've got two more years to go what would you like to do in the future what what is your i know you talked about you want to be registered as an architect for the for reba so what are, what are your future thoughts about how you want to, to where you want to take your career well so far um i know that i want to be uh working like not maybe i'm not really sure on being on the academic side i know a lot of people are like i want to stay in uni i will be want to be teaching uh in the future but i don't think that's for me at least now so what i want to do is i want to be working in the field and so this and i want to be working uh in the uk um maybe not really the, the plan is so far as i know to be to so for you to work in the uk to get registered there so that's where i will start okay so you've got you've had this big dream to to work in the uk and what's what do you feel is helping you get there what do you yes, need to do to uh, get there so for sure i will need to work on my english even more I will because it's a part of the registration process you need to take your IELTS and there will there is you know certain marks for these they want like a certain level of proficiency and that's like step one you need to do that then mm -hmm. step two go with the other maybe paperwork and you know work portfolio stuff and then it goes to the examination and other parts of the whole process. Yeah. So it seems like you've worked really hard on your English. You have a really great level. You feel confident when you're speaking. And so I guess my question for, for you would be, because I, I have spoken to lots of students, I obviously work with students who live in non-English speaking countries. So what advice would you give to students who, who may be studying architecture in a country that's, uh, where they don't speak English as their first language? What advice would you give to them in order to improve their English or to be able to, to work in an English-speaking country? So first, thank you very much. Uh, so my advice would be uh, you need to practice. Um, it's all about practice. You you need to push yourself. You you're doing this for yourself. So uh, put yourself in situations where you would need that level of proficiency, where you would be you where you will need to speak out. For example, if you're working on your speaking, um, for example, um, if you want to work on your listening, put your um, for just turn all your social media in English just like though that's the way I did it that starts all my social media are in English so any video any any maybe even posts they will pop out in English so uh, I'm not really so you will be in contact with the language um, read books uh, do your research your search in English just 
uh, try including that in your daily life. So your practice will even be a habit. It's just common for you to see the language, to interact with it. And that on the long run, I believe will get you to the results that you want easier and maybe faster. Yeah, so consistency is key, doing it daily and and maybe even like what you're talking about, you've got this big goal in mind, which is to be registered as an architect in the UK. You know that that's what you're working mm -hmm. towards and you do something every day to to put that in front of you. It's like dangling a carrot in front of you and saying, I'm going to get there, I'm going to get there every single day and you'll remind yourself. So I think that's really great advice. Um, and and also I think it's important to, you know, to also recognize that what you're doing is is really good. Like being able to speak two languages is such a, a great skill to have. Okay, so we've asked all the questions that we, we had we're going to talk about. Is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you wish that I had asked you? Um, well, no. I believe we covered it. We've covered everything. So in two years' time, you'll be finished in your degree and you're hoping to be one step closer to living and working in the UK. Mm, yes, Charlotte. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I hope that it happens. Uh, and thank you for sharing your story today. It's um, one thing that I was going to say too is that I think it's great that you reached out and, and when I, I put a post on the Architecture Social asking if anyone would like to share their story and I think that's great that you responded, you put your hand up and that is again for me an example of somebody who is willing to put themselves out there to share their voice to share their story and that's what I'm really passionate about people being able to do so I think that's great and that's what I really would recommend to a lot of students is to when an opportunity comes your way and when somebody asks you to do something then say yes and have a go at doing it because you never know what might happen and you never know what that opportunity is going to to go towards so thank you Lena I've appreciated our conversation and if anyone wants to Thank get in touch so with much. you, you are welcome. Do you mm -hmm. have a LinkedIn account or what, what do you have that people can contact you with if they want to reach out to speak to you? So, yeah, I have a LinkedIn account. It's the same, my name, Lena Had. So you can reach out to me there. Thanks again, Lena, for joining me on the podcast and well done again. It's not an easy thing to appear on a podcast, but I think you did such a great job. That brings us to the end of the episode. As always, thanks again for listening to Think Big English for Architects. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with somebody who you think might find it useful. Remember, you can find the free podcast transcript with key vocabulary any grammar points and useful expressions at archieenglish.com slash podcast. So I look forward to sharing my next conversation with you very soon.